is Steve. And this is Ryan. You're listening to 60 Cycle Home. It's the guitar buying. Selling. Uh, trading. Reviewing. Modding. Breaking. Playing. Smashing. Touching. Feeling. Caressing. Word association. Loving. Podcast. Podcast. That was awful. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to a new episode of the podcast, guys. Man. We were saying uh, last episode that we thought we would be uh, together with uh, with satellite amps, but uh, that didn't turn out. Scheduling didn't happen. Uh, maybe that'll happen in the future, but for the next two episodes, it's just going to be me and Steve again. Let's just call it the future, and then we probably just shouldn't talk about it anymore. Yeah, let's not talk about it until it's happening, and then we'll tell people... As it's happening, like through Instagram or something like that. Yes. Yeah. People will see, oh, they're at satellite right now. I better tune in next week. Oh, yeah. yeah so. Tune in to the, the station that they're on. Half the time when you mention satellite, I think of the POD song, Satellite. Not familiar. Or the Dave Matthews band song, Satellite. I might know that one. Different satellite song. I think there is a POD song. I know they had the an album called P- Satellite. The only POD song... I can think of is the one where they're telling me over and over again that they're the boys from the south. Well, they yeah, you know, it, it's that was kind of the funny thing about being from Chula Vista and those guys are from Chula Vista. Uh-huh. Is I keep hearing it thinking like, but you're in Chula Vista, you're still like 5 miles from Mexico. Right. Which to the rest of America is like, dude, you're basically like Yeah, that's even, the border. That's- even once you get north of Interstate 8 in San Diego, it's like, oh, you're from Chula Vista? Yeah. How, what's it like in Mexico? I mean, you say five miles from the border, like that's a big difference, like a big thing, but I'm five miles away from the closest Kentucky Fried Chicken. So, <laughs> <laughs> and if you're in America and you're five miles away from a Kentucky Fried Chicken, you're far away from a Kentucky Fried Chicken. I don't think that's true. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's one like a block away from here. No, there's not. Like four blocks. No. Is there not one in Mira Mesa anymore? There's one in Serena Valley. There's never been one in Mira Mesa. Uh, no, dude, there's one over on... Oh, my gosh. This that's is Popeye's. No, over on Mercy? Yeah. Does not, that not count as Mira Mesa anymore? I guess that's not Mira Mesa. That's Scripps Ranch. All right, whatever. But that is closer than five miles. Whatever. Who cares? That was stupid. Why are we talking about this? <laughs> what is this? Uh, I don't even want to do that joke anymore. Yeah, it's tired. <laughs> I'm tired of the what is this joke. All right. Hey, Steve, what's what's new with you? Okay, great. We've moved on. Um, so I ran the uh, Triton 5K this past weekend. Did you? Yeah, it was I didn't fun. know you were running. Uh, I've been doing it off and on, and it's it was for like scholarship stuff. And I knew that you were doing like some sort of running app a while back. Yeah, uh, I've just stopped putting my runs on Facebook. Okay, I did. I post them every once Stop in a while. Bragging about it, huh? Yeah, basically. You just waited until you had an audience of hundreds of people <laughs> uh, on a podcast. Uh, hundreds, to talk about like it. one, like two hundreds. We have two hundred fifty subscribers right now, Steve. I want. I still like in my gut. Half of those are Nigerian princes. Well, that are just trying to figure out a way to spam. I'm fine us. with having royalty listen to us. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, so the thing about this 5K is, is I ran it, and um, and because I'm UCSD alumni, you know, it's like I got a little discount rate. Uh huh. But with the with some of these races, like you get a dry fit T-shirt. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, thirty bucks, and I get a dry fit T-shirt. That's like I only paid $10 for to run in this race. Sure. Because those shirts are like 20 bucks a piece. Yeah, I guess. So, I don't know. That's I, that's probably a <laughs> that's, dumb way to look at it. That's one way to look at it, I guess. But, but uh, yeah, that, so that was cool. Would you I have guess. ever bought that shirt? No. Okay. But uh, I, I've started running in dry fits, and it, it's a lot. I mean, it's it's a different experience than running in a t-shirt. It's a better experience. Gotcha. Um. So, yeah. So, that's... That's all that's new that's, with you, I guess huh? that... Oh, I heard back from PV uh, for that guitar. That for? for the oh, guitar yeah, parts. For your, for your Telecaster PV. Yeah, so I wrote them. So um, I wrote PV customer service, or uh-huh. actually their parts department. And they got back to me, and they're like, oh, um, send us your serial number, and we'll figure out exactly what you have, and we'll see what to recommend for replacement parts. And then they said... Um, I, so I sent them that information and some pictures... 
and they sent me an email back and said, okay, we have the parts, but we can only like sell you the entire assembly. Um, we can only send you like sell you all of the all string the- ferrules. And gotcha. so I read that email and before like I even had a chance to respond to it, I realized that they had sent me two emails and I guess right after the girl had sent me the first email, one of their techs walked into her office uh-huh. and was like, Hey, get that guy's address. I'll send him the parts. Nice. So I got, uh, they sent me string feral, like a single feral and uh-huh. a single saddle assembly. Wow. Uh, for free. So freaking PV man, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty sweet. There's still a couple parts I need to pick up that I, I mean, sure. I didn't ask for from them, so I, you know, whatever. But those were the two things where it's like buying an entire bridge assembly is like thirty bucks. Yeah. Now all I need to do is pick up a jack. That's freaking great like customer one, and, service and like some springs. So my bill for putting this PV back together just went from like sixty bucks down to maybe like. 20 bucks or something imagine trying to do that with fender like you buy a used stratocaster it's missing a bridge piece like a bridge saddle you you write fender hey i have this mexican strat uh from 20 years ago it's missing a saddle piece and wondering if you have any you'd probably never hear back and if you did hear back they would send you a link to their store to just yeah you know that's kind of interesting like uh I mean, I, I don't know. So uh, with Proco, like Proco helped me out with the Rat, uh-huh. and PV's helped me out with this. And PV still makes guitars, but... They don't make that guitar. They don't make that guitar anymore. I'm it's sure, amazing that they have the parts still around for yeah, it. Yeah, I don't... Well, um, I don't know if they're using similar parts for anything or, or what. Uh, I would be so surprised. I mean, it is a guitar that I think they stopped making like 20 years ago. They they must have like a bunch of crates around a backstock of stuff. Yeah, and it's shiny. Like the saddle looks... Uh-huh. Like brand new. The feral looks brand new. Wow. So, yeah, I don't know, but hey, props to PV. Yeah. Guys, and, go uh, buy used PV guitars. Go buy used, you should buy those guitars just because they're dirt cheap made in American yeah. guitars. I'm not a big, like, mer- gotta buy that American but it means something. kind of stuff. But especially but for it, the time that for, they came out. Yeah, of. for the guitar world, especially in that era, like, that was. A high quality. It meant know, a lot. Yeah, it, it meant still a lot means more. a lot. Well, not as much as it did. Yeah, when you go to Walmart and you buy like a, you'll you'll find this like well maybe you won't I don't know. I remember my sister got this like plastic like instrument set from Walmart. Uh huh. And it said like on it in big letters like made in the USA. And I'm like, who gives a rip? This is like a $10 plastic toy kit. Right. Like, congratulations. Somebody in America has a plastic mold and they made <laughs> like a plastic trumpet and a plastic saxophone and a plastic guitar uh-huh. and a plastic drum right. or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's, uh, you sound a little cynical, Steve. I'm not. Uh, I'm not saying I'm. Should we just get into ads? Yeah, I probably should. <laughs> Before I get in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got an ad here. Who sent this to us? Someone sent it to us, right? Behringer. Uh, oh yeah, that was sent from Matthew Phillips. Matthew Phillips sent us this ad today, right? Yep. I'm on top of my facts. Uh, it is a Behringer V-Tone analog modeling guitar amp for 200 bucks. In Spartanburg, South Carolina, that's what SC stands for, right? That is what SC stands I for. I figured it out. Hey, <laughs> I feel pretty smart. I'm up on my uh, U.S. states. Oh gosh. <laughs> the description is in all caps. It says, "I have a guitar." Oh, you amp. have to read it with the twang. Uh, can I do that? I have a guitar amp for sale. It's a really nice amp. It has two channels on it with two Jensen speakers in the back, both in really good shape. I don't know how to play the guitar, so I have no use to it. It's well worth 200 but I would go down to 175 The only thing wrong with it is... The only thing wrong, wrong, the only thing wrong with it, it's missing the front piece where the guitar plugs in, but it has more ways in the back to plug it in. It could be fixed really easy. Please email me or call me at... And then I'm not going to read the phone number. Thanks, Ron. <laughs> I don't know if I got anywhere close to that. It felt weird. 
this team was two hundred dollars for this thing. We looked it up on eBay. It's like a hundred dollars, maybe one twenty five. Yeah, and that's I, like working. Yeah, there was one that was cherry that went for one thirty on Craigslist. This thing has been through a rough life. It's yeah, dirty. I, stuff is broken on it. Uh, where he's, I have to laugh so hard at the part where he says that the front input is broken, but don't worry, you can plug in the back. You can't plug in the back. Yeah. Uh, let's There's see, no the back way. has like a speaker out and maybe an effects loop. Yeah. May, I mean, you probably could technically plug into the effects loop and get some kind of signal, but then you're not using the full amp, right? You're no, missing... all you're using is the power section and the power section typically... Um, it's it's looking for a high power signal at that point yeah or at least a more powered signal so you're just gonna you're gonna have no volume control sure typically uh it's well, a bad idea let's just say it's a bad idea it's not a reason to buy this amp oh i guess if you could get this amp for fifty dollars and then throw a uh a line six pod on top of it and run into the effects loop. The effects loop that would work. Yeah, you'd have a sixty watt amp with a two by. T- I think that's a the two by ten version. Yeah, it looks like a two by ten amp. Um, yeah, this is the so the Behringer V Tone. It's uh, already a modeling amp. Yeah. Well, so yeah, so these. Uh, I'm not sure. There is like a LED output on it, and I'm not sure what that's for. But the V Tone amps in general uh, were associated. So. Behringer had the V amp. <laughs> Steve just geared up to tell us the story of, of Behringer. Behringer. <laughs> so Behringer has the V amp and the V tone. The V amp, or the or when they made the amps, it was the Vampire. Uh huh. Um, the V Empire. That Germans so corny. Germans. Um, <laughs> the uh, so the V Empire was like their rip on Line Six, basically, like right. trying to do the Line Six thing. Well, just trying to um, offer a a cheap modeling option guitar. Well, no, I mean it amp. was straight up a Line Six clone. Sure, sure, like you had that that uh, didn't did you have one of the Behringer delays? What Behringer pedals did you have? Uh, I had. It was basically a clone of the Line 6 Echo machine. Right. Yeah. Right, but it was like the Behringer version. So this is the same sort of deal. The Vampire was like a straight rip or the V-Amp or whatever on uh-huh. the uh, Line 6 pod, uh, pod 2.0, I right. think. The V-Amp was that weird-shaped little yeah, thing. Yeah, it, it was blue. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that shape was supposed to be, but it was bizarre looking. It was like this weird amoeba shape. Yeah, the V-Tone... It was Behringer's take on the Line 6, or not Line 6, the Tech 21 Sansamp stuff. Oh, okay. So it's like more analog-ish. Uh-huh. Like it's fewer options, but it's still, I mean, it's still Behringer. The amps are probably okay, not great. If it was cheap enough, it would work, but... I mean, this is, you, you know, know, like a kid's first yeah. amp. Like, this is probably a great thing if it's your first amp. It's way better than what I had as a first amp. Yeah, but uh, well, yeah. yeah, this isn't worth two hundred bucks. If you have two hundred bucks, I got a list. Yeah, totally. I got a list of amps of that things you that should are be way buying. better than that. Uh, yeah, for two hundred bucks, you could do so much better. This is the kind of amp that you get when you're fourteen and you just want something loud because you think loud is good. Right. Well, you want it loud and you want it to have a heavy metal setting. Yeah, heavy metal. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get those meatly meatlies yeah. in there. And you want that middle, you want the mid control knob just so you can turn it all the way down. Yeah. yeah. That's what you want when you you're a teenager. You can't cut your mids if there's not a mid knob. Yeah, because then the mids are just stuck. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's not, how it works, right? Not exactly. But <laughs> anyway. All right, we're done with that ad. All right, so we got I'm this crumpling up. it up and throwing it across the room. Ow. Nice. <laughs> Let's pretend that I threw that into like a bucket and I got... It perfectly like oh, yeah. three points three points from across the room sports it's a long room too yeah uh so we got this other ad uh it's from bako bakersfield california yes, bakersfield i was doing some craigslist yeah. tourism the south end of the san joaquin valley yeah. the armpit of california if you're not from california and you've heard about bakersfield and you think oh i might like to visit that bakersfield place sometime people are always talking about it there's nothing there the only thing that's you know, someone from Bakersfield is gonna. Well, people from Bakersfield are either gonna one hundred percent agree with this. Oh, they're gonna agree, 
or 100% hate us. I would say the only thing significant about Bakersfield is the fact that the like the late 19 mid late 1960s like twangy Telecaster sound is called the Bakersfield sound. Sure, sure. Like the Buck Owens thing. Yeah. And it was kind of just this, uh, I don't know, it's a Bakersfield sound. I mean, one of my favorite podcasts is named after Bakersfield. That's too bad. It's called uh, Radio Free Bakersfield. Oh. And it's like a music podcast. Weird. Um, So this is a Vox Little Night Train 15-watt head. It says, like new, Vox Night Train 15-inch watt tube head. 15 inches? (laughs) That's what it says. Um, (laughs) It might be 15 inches. The price. um, Just read the price as is. $27,500. $27,500. Oh my gosh, Steve. I think it's made out of gold. That solid gold. I think there might be a treasure map inside of that amp. Well, you know you know what it is? Is the Vox Night Train. They're a very simple design. It's just a chassis with like a metal grill co- co- cover. Uh-huh. And I think the grill on this one is made out of platinum. Oh yeah, it might that's be. why it's twenty seven thousand five hundred dollars. When you, when you hear you know hip hop guys talk about their grills, that's what they're talking about. Platinum, yeah, platinum grills platinum on their grill. on their Vox amps. <laughs> yes, right. Sure. Why not? <laughs> I didn't realize they were so expensive. Yeah. Um. So this is I. I don't know why this guy added. Maybe he forgot a period. Maybe he had a stroke when he was writing the price and you just know, held down the zero. You know what? I don't think you can put anything except numbers in the uh, price on Craigslist. Uh, so, and I've he seen, probably copy pasted from somewhere. I've seen stuff like this before. I've never thought about it. He either copy pasted two seventy five and it dropped the period, or he tried to type two seventy five point zero zero. Right, and it he didn't realize that the period wasn't entered or something. I don't know. Sure. Anyway, two seventy five, two hundred seventy five dollars, which is more than likely what he meant. Yeah, probably. Put. It's an okay price. I want to say these were like three fifty when they came out. That sounds about right. You know, I looked up what they're going for used. I didn't bother to look what they're going for new. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But used two seventy five is on the high end of used, but it's not terrible. Sure. Uh, you can find them as low as two hundred if you're lucky. 200 plus shipping on eBay so you're looking at like maybe 225 250 yeah, you're in the neighborhood you could you could call that guy up and offer him 225 and be reasonable yeah and he'd but, probably come back with 250 and you'd pay it because he wanted yeah uh, these had some cool tonal options I think the night train was actually a 15 a 15 four what I call a 15 four uh, but it's 15 watt four watt switchable uh-huh um, that's a neat option to and have. And I think they have like a switch to go from like basically clean versus like overdrive setting. It's not foot switchable. It's just right. like a little switch on there. Yeah. It's like a hot setting or like maybe it's like the Blues Junior with the fat. Sure. I mean, but, what that would get you having a 15 watt and a 4 watt is like my, my Princeton is 15 watt. And if I'm in a live band setting, I can push it into light overdrive matching. Right matching the band and that's really desirable to get that kind of tube overdrive if you're at home you could throw it on four watt and get to that overdrive a lot quicker get to that natural yeah. just tube drive you well know? in the night train i mean it's got a gain switch it's actually got a pretty versatile setup for a 15 watt amp it's, mm-hmm. it's got a gain a gain treble middle bass and master so yeah that's, uh, everything so that's a you pretty need. versatile for for a small head you don't actually see small heads too often like this not with the tube amp uh-huh um which uh takes us into our first topic which is beginner tube amps yeah who uh who asked us about that they uh, asked on the the facebook group yeah in the today. facebook group uh we got this question from joseph wong who's a former student of mine mm. and uh, he said i've never had a tube guitar amp before headphone amps are a different story uh but what's a good starter one to get into? Get into it. I'm stuck playing on my pitiful Roland Micro Cube. Well, let me let me say this first. I've got a cube. Don't get rid of your cube. You're gonna love that cube someday. That cube's gonna treat you right when you go camping or you go to the beach, or even if you need like a a quick way to play your iPod at a party or something like that. You're gonna love that cube. 
don't don't you don't you forsake that little cute thing it's good it's gonna be good to you uh outside of that what do you have to say steve um <laughs> sorry um <laughs> uh, I mean, it really depends on what kind of price point he wants to get yeah, into for well, first tube amp. So first tube amp on the small side, there's a, there's a ton of options, and it just kind of depends on what you're trying to do. Um, for more classic sounds, a lot of, you know, you can, so if you're going for like a more classic, like a Fender Blackface kind of sound, uh-huh. I would say you go Pro Junior, Blues Junior, uh, that puts you in like the 10 to 15 watt range. Um but there's just so many options right now. The yeah. low wattage is in in tube amps. Oh, totally. And there's um, a ton of really great options on the cheap for low wattage yeah. tube amps. Like there's the the Fender Excelsior and uh, Vaporizer yeah, and options. The, and the Rampart. Yeah, those are all under four hundred dollars. I think you can pick up the Excelsiors for two fifty used now. Yeah. Sometimes even I think I saw one for two hundred a while back. Uh, that's a really, really simple tube amp. Like yeah. there's only two control. There's three controls on it: a volume, a dark, and a bright switch, and a uh, knob to control like a tremolo. Yeah, and apparently uh, doing like a tone mod. Yeah. Uh, on it, like putting in a pot to control the tone isn't too difficult. No. Uh, it seems like everyone in their mom that has one of these has done that mod. Yeah, but that's that's an eight watt amp, right? Uh, I think it's thirteen. That's a, yeah, still that's a really low wattage it's amp. Low watt, yeah. Uh, it's gonna get you into the early basics of messing around with a tube amp. But I kind of feel like if you're getting your first tube amp, you should try to go for something versatile. Right. Like I think if I was shopping around for my first tube amp now, uh, let's say I had like 500 bucks to play with or something like that. Mm-hmm. I would be looking for like a used Eggnator. The Tweaker 15? Yeah, something in that kind of neighborhood that's got a bunch of switching options that gives you com- some options on different wattage. Right. That would be a really great place to start, I think, yeah, as heard, an introduction to I've like, heard two really guitars. great things about those. Um, another company that I've, I've... I don't even know if I've seen one in person... Is uh, Blackstar. Blackstar has the HT1 uh-huh. and the HT5. The HT1 is a little 1-watt amp. Uh, the HT5 is a 5-watt. Uh, and the Blackstar stuff is a little different because their focus is really on, like, high gain. Right. Uh, like a high gain sound. Whereas, like, uh-huh. Vox with the, little, with, the, with the Night Train is doing... They're not quite doing, like, the AC... Like the British AC30 sound necessarily, but they're doing something in that ballpark. It's a more modern take, from what I understand. Um, I guess so. They're not competing with like the AC4, uh huh, um, or even like the AC15. Uh, but it's similar. It's going to have that British thing going on. Uh, Marshall has like their cla- the Marshall Class Five. Yeah, I forgot what the wattage is on that. Um, so a lot of the big companies are coming out with their own low watt stuff. It's like uh-huh. I said, it's very trendy. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> my, my low watt amp is I've got a custom defender 15 and mm-hmm. that has the 15, four, uh, 15 or four watt, uh, setting on it. And, uh, it's got a shoot. It's got a volume tone and then it's got like a selector switch. And the selector switch goes between, like, American and British. Yeah. And American is, like, more of a straight-ahead, black-faced like tone. Fender, yeah. Um, and British is more of, like, a voxy tone. And basically, really what the difference is, is from to my ears, is that uh, the British... Like, if you go full British... And you can... Kind of, like, there's four settings. So there's all American, all British, and then, like more american with a little british or you know it's like 75 25 how british do you want to be do you want to have fish and chips with vinegar do you want to have fish sticks with ketchup or do you (laughs) um so anyway uh to my ears what the big difference is is the american or like yeah the american setting has more bottom end Uh uh-huh (laughs) <laughs> the, no uh, kidding. Yeah, and the uh, <laughs> like it just has a more pronounced bass. Yeah, um, 
I mean, because that's what Fender guitar Fender amps are known for. Is, yeah, is having a lot of bass in, and then you can dial in a lot of bright on them too. Yeah, the the British setting has is more of like a like a mid mid kind focused. Of, yeah, uh, not a lot of not a lot of definitely like uh, I never really mess with that too much because I usually play clean, so I just leave it on uh-huh. the uh, American so- setting. But the last time I, I played electric guitar and worship i started messing with it more because i was doing more drive tone uh-huh uh more overdriven tones the whole time so uh, i started messing with it and like it was it felt like it was a lot more noticeable with with like a with the overdrive on the differences sure uh but those are just a few different options yeah i um, mean it really comes down to budget uh for first like what what do you wish you had got as your first tube amp uh like if you could go back now and have what is available now available to you as like your first 15, tube amp. Yeah, fifteen yeah. years ago. I mean the, the years um, don't matter. Like if you were even if you had waited until now to buy your first tube amp, sure. what would what would you go get? I think if I was really budget minded, um maybe something like the the Excelsior would have been really cool oh, yeah. to have. Um, I've played through one like once just in the store uh-huh. and they're just like a really straightforward, like I'm a very, it's actually almost a little too minimalist for my taste. Right. It's very but, minimalist. But I like what, what it has going on. But with the, with um, the way people are using pedals these days, like minimalist isn't that big of an issue because there's chance, there's a good chance that you're going to have some kind of EQ on your board. Yeah. Yeah. Or, I, or your pedals are already going to be voiced a certain way and you're not going to want to mess with EQ. Right. That much. And I'm playing in settings where like, uh, as long as it's where I don't need to be like super loud, like even with the custom, like I have trouble in church deciding, do I want to run this at 15 Watts or four Watts? And the difference is less about, um, volume and more about like a tonal choice yeah. between 15 and four Watts. Like if I want a more open tone, I stay at 15. If I want like a more of a like looser gritty tone, I switch to four. Uh-huh. The loudness is there. Like it's loud no matter what. Yeah. It's just more of a tonal choice. Well, I, th- I think I've talked about this before there. You, Years and years ago, there was a big debate about small amps versus big amps. Right. And there are all these people weighing in with the numbers and stuff like that. And I remember the general consensus being, uh, cutting your wattage in half doesn't half your volume. No, the the way it, it transfers is that you've got to cut your volume to one tenth to cut your volume yeah. in half. Yeah. So if you've got a hundred watt amp, if you want to have half the volume, like half the perceivable decibel volume of a hundred watt amp, you need a ten watt amp. Yeah. So if you want to go half of the volume of your fifteen watt amp, you would need a one and a half watt amp. Yeah, and th- there's people out there who make half watt amps and make these. Yeah, Zvex has like tiny the nano, amps. the Nanovex or whatever it's yeah, called, yeah. the na- little nano amp. They use them for. I've, they actually like I've seen those people hook up iPods to them. Uh huh. And like use them as like for their speaker systems. It's, it's probably kind of goofy. Not the worst idea. There's a no. lot of there's a lot of uh, stereo equipment companies throwing tubes and everything now. Yeah, I think they're even doing. Uh, tubes built into uh, flat screen TVs now. I heard someone talking about a while back to like handle the audio on it or something like that. Yeah. People are going back to tubes, you know, it's, you know, it's not always about what technology is the best. It's about what technology you can sell through marketing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, the, you look at like home electronics, the way they've been going, they've all been getting so cheap. Like, Big screen TVs are so cheap now. Yeah. Like you go to Costco, you can get a 50 inch TV for like 400 bucks now. It's crazy. There's definitely some audiophile. I've seen some tube audiophile stuff. And uh-huh. I'm talking about like hi fi sound system stuff where guys are paying like embarrassing numbers. Yeah, like totally. Embarrassing amounts of money for high fidelity tube audio system. Uh huh. So it's like, you know. It, to me, it just seems like insane to me. But then these are guys that are like, you know, they've got their like thousand dollar record player with like diamond yeah. stylus or whatever. And so, and they're listening to like old records and they want to 
put it through like authentic, like analog uh, stereo equipment. So they're just going like uh-huh. record player and then tubes. I was on my uh, Craigslist tourism trip today. I don't remember where I saw it, but there was a old uh, Fisher Price record player up. Nice. And I used to have one of those. And I was like, man, if that was in San Diego, I might get it just to get like that old little record player uh, yeah. with the built in like crummy speaker. Would and it like, play like normal records? Yeah. You can play re- regular nice. records on them. I used to have one. You put a regular record on there. Wow. Yeah. And you could have like the little adapter to play the, uh, the, the 78s and stuff. Like right. That. Right. That was back in the day. People would have even kids were playing records, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so back on topic real quick, just to finish <laughs> up. Um, I, from seeing some of the other stuff and actually just from knowing uh joe um check out black star for sure i I think yeah because you know he's the one that has the the ltd with the emgs in it uh that we talked about like pickup height Uh on the on the forum recently um i would definitely check out black star i think they might be able to do the high gain thing uh that you're looking for and again like that's more budget oriented there mesa has like uh, I forgot what it's called, but it's like a five and fifty watt switchable uh-huh. amp. They've had that for a long time. There's a lot of great Mesa amps on the used market right yeah. now because they're not as in fashion, but they're great amps. Mesa d- designed some really great amps for sure. Uh, for people sure. go back and forth on different models and say, "Oh, well, the clean channel's good on this one, but the gain channel's bad. Oh, the clean channel's bad on this one, but the gain channel's channel is good." So do a little bit of research, but there's a bunch of options out there. They kind of pioneered these super hot rotted amps that had all the different switching and multiple amps in each enclosure and stuff like right. that. Uh, if you're into aggressive heavy metal, then you, they, they should already be on your radar, you know? Yeah. I mean, look down at your micro cube. Uh, there's the, I forget the settings on it. That's over there. I could go grab my cube. But there's the heavy metal setting. That's basically it's what probably your mouse like, is going to... Oh, it's, a rec, it's like it's, the triple rectifier setting. Yeah, it's probably like... Uh, well, I know on the box That's, stuff, it was called like American 90s or something. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Um, you can't go wrong for with a Mesa for that aggressive kind of heavy sound. For sure. Uh, and I, like I said, I think Black Star is kind of in that... In that uh, area sure but sure. I, you know going you also mentioned like Eggnator. like i think the tweaker just kind of does a little bit of everything it does so it's kind of it's it's a tube modeling amp in the way that is all tube but then like there's so many switching options yeah. that you could probably dial almost anything in right almost there sort of thing like you could get a british sound out of it you could get an american sound out of it and you could get a uh yeah, an American metal sound out of it, or American blues sound out of it. You know, all these different options just by tweaking your switches around and trying different combinations. Yeah. Um, really, at the end of the day, you just got to do some research. You've got to figure out: Do I want something versatile, or do I want something specific? You know, sure. Go to a store, play around with what they have. Uh, don't be afraid to turn up in a store. The guys working there are used to it. Uh, the thing that they hate is just got kids who come in just to play yeah. all day long. If you're in there actually testing out amps and you, they can see that you're testing out amps, then they're going to be stoked because they want that sweet, sweet commission. Oh, yeah. Especially if you go in there and like as soon as they're, you know, they make eye contact, you're like, oh, yeah. Can you show me where your low wattage tube amps oh, yeah. are or whatever? Yeah. yeah. If you're being specific or. Or if you ask them a few questions, like, oh, yeah, I'm shopping around for my first tube amp. They're going to be all over you. Sure. And you're like, I don't mind if it's used. And they'll show you the, your their use section. They're like, oh, I only want new. And they'll, <laughs> they'll show you whatever, you know. Yeah. It really depends on budget, too. It's, you know, you got to figure this stuff out for yourself. <laughs> Do we no. want to move on to the next topic? Sure. Okay. So uh, right before we sat down to podcast, Andrew Thomas jumped on the Facebook group. And he said this in all caps. Talk about the tube debate. Hold on, hold on. Andrew's from Georgia. You got to tune in a southern accent. (laughs) Okay, let me get geared up for this. Talk about the tube debate. My dad says Brandon biasing doesn't matter. He never played guitar. 
but he had radios and such in the 60s. Did I get it in in time? You did. You did, Andrew. Congratulations. <laughs> Sorry for my southern accent. Uh, so we've been kind of talking about this in the group and, and some other places. Um, I've only switched tubes once. I've done it a couple times. In my hot rod, uh, back when I had a hot rod deluxe, I had the stock fender tubes, which are basically groove tubes. And uh, and when I swapped those out, I switched them for uh, JJ's. Uh-huh. And honestly, like, I don't know that I noticed that much of a difference. One of the things that I've always, that I've held for a long time is, like, when you switch tube brands... If you're doing like hot swapping where it's like, okay, these are what JJ sound like now, 30 minutes later, I'm going to try like another one. And then, uh -huh. and you're doing that, like maybe you'll hear a difference. Um, but I always feel like it's hard to tell the difference when you have like a set of worn out tubes and you're swapping them in for like fresh tubes because, uh, as your tubes go, it tends to be gradual. And so you kind of get used to, sure. Um, your sound going and sometimes you hit a point where uh, you know you start having like microphonics so you, your your amp gets noisy if it's uh -huh. like preamp tubes or whatever but sometimes just slowly over time it's almost like you know they always say like oh it's you know switching getting this pedal or whatever it's like taking the blanket off your amp <laughs> right and in the same sense like getting a new set of tubes can be like taking a blanket off your amp the difference is that when you bought your amp new or whatever the blanket was off and over the course of uh the months or years or whatever yeah. as you use that it's like someone's putting on um like not a blanket it's like the finest linen sheet and they just sure. keep doing it over and over they're again just sacking they're just stacking thin layers of silk over your yeah amp. So one, you don't one month at a time. You don't necessarily notice like over time that your tone is starting like that you're losing high end or you're lo sure. losing certain frequencies until you make that change um and it's gone. So so yeah, so there's that. And uh Andrew brings up, you know, you bring up a good point. Your dad has a point. Jimi Hendrix probably didn't bias his tube amps, you know, the Beatles probably didn't bias no. their amps. Some some jack wagon's gonna ride in and be like, well, that's because they used fixed bias amps. Nobody, I don't want to say nobody, most of those guys probably didn't bias their amps because it just wasn't a thing. Uh, some of that, I've heard the argument made, and it wouldn't surprise me that because in the 60s, like tube technology was a thing. Right. Everything that, had tubes in yeah, it. Yeah, everything had tubes in it. So the tubes that were being made were a much higher quality than what you can get now. Like right now, I think sure. there's only like four tube factories in the yeah. world. There's a lot of new old stock yeah. going on right now, too. There's a lot, yeah, a lot of people are into the new old stock stuff. Uh, a lot of companies are just buying Sovtech. Uh-huh. So, like, Groove Tubes them. is Sovtech. I think Mesa's tubes are Sovtech. EHX's, I think, are Sovtech. Uh, there's a couple other ones. Basically, uh, they're... But, yeah, all these companies are either... There's, a, there's one factory. I think there's one or two factories in China... There's like one factory in Russia, which is the Sovtech factory. Uh huh. Um, I want to say there's another factory in like Eastern Europe somewhere because I don't think JJ's are rebranded. I think yeah. they're their own factory. Um, Groove Tubes did for a while manufacture one or two like lines of tubes in the United States, mm -hmm. but they were like short batch. They weren't like the mass produced tubes. It was like. Oh, you can buy our relabeled Sovtex for like sixty bucks a uh, a pair, or you can buy like our fancy version of this tube for like a hundred bucks a pair. Yeah, uh, because it was like made in the USA. They were like R, they were like old RCA clones, something like that. Uh huh. Um, but again, like the biasing thing, it's, I think it's one of those things where. If you have a pair of tubes that aren't matched or that are in like a cold biased amp, you can have issues that crop up. But for the most part, I don't know that most people are going to notice. Yeah. I mean, if you care that much, take your amp to a tech and have them do that stuff. Right. I don't know how to bias uh, tubes or anything like that. The times that I've swapped tubes on things, 
I just buy a kit from Eurotubes and I swap my yeah. tubes and I don't fiddle with anything too much. It's like swapping out a light bulb for me and yeah. I haven't noticed any sort of, uh, you know, problem. I usually when I'm changing tubes, it's because I've got a problem. The tube, tube is blown and I'm replacing that. Uh, and you know, there's people out there who care a lot about this stuff way more than I ever will. Uh, they'd probably, they're probably listening to this right now and they're so angry. Just like, you know, when, when Dan Tyak was listening to us talk about cables, cables. and he was so upset. Cables. There's people out there who care about this stuff. Yeah. There, I know there's a company that apparently they've been around for 30 years, but I just heard about them for the first time, like three months ago called PM tubes. Okay. And, uh, so the thing with a lot of these companies, um, and PM is another one. I don't know what their source for tubes are. But basically, they're marked up. They, what Groove Tubes does is they get Sovtex and they relabel them and they test them so that they're all like properly matched and everything. Uh huh. Um, and then they have like specific tolerances that they want them to be into. So if they get a bad one, like I don't even know if they take the bad ones and throw them away, or if they just take like a bad tube and then match it with another bad tube and say, "Oh, it's a match set." Right. I have no idea. If they were smart, maybe that's what they would do. Or maybe like when you have a bad tube, it's just so far gone you can't use it. For, I have no idea. You can't use it for audio. I've, um, I have manufactured tubes zero times. Yeah. So right. I don't, I don't know. How uh, it goes. <laughs> uh, I know EHX actually. I remember a few years ago they did like a big video on their tube testing process. Uh huh. Um, well, I've seen videos of the EHX uh, compound. Where they walk by and they're like, oh, here's our tube room. And it's just shelves and shelves and shelves of all these different tubes right. that they that are all different models and all different things. And they match them up and do whatever they do. Yeah. So uh, so PM, PM tubes, uh, they kind of do the groove tubes thing. And uh, maybe they're matching to higher tolerances. Maybe they're starting with like a higher grade tube when they're starting their process. I don't know. Yeah, uh, but if you're just looking for tubes, he's got a B52 uh, AT212, which is a Mesa clone. I like how you know all our listeners' gear. Well, I've known Andrew for a long time, um, and I pay attention. Right, I, love, I, I, love I have you guys. trouble remembering my own gear. Right, Steve knows uh, what all our listeners Andrew, have, whether you've told him or not. He's looked through Andrew, your Facebook. Andrew and- hates Boss pedals, but if Boss ever reissued the slow gear. He'd, he'd be all over. Uh, he that. likes the slow gear, huh? Um, and uh, anyway, he has. He doesn't just want a volume pedal. Oh god, manual slow gear. Manual slow gear. Um, <laughs> something that might be worth considering, since the B fifty two is a Mesa clone, is trying Mesa tubes. Uh, but then yeah, sure. again, Mesa is just rebranding Sovtex. So will it make a difference? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, some guys swear like the different designations matter, like. You've got the classic 6L6GC tube, which is like the Fender Twin, uh-huh. Fender Hot Rod stuff. Um, the pin layout for like the 6L6GC and the uh, 5881 tube are the same. I'm not completely convinced that they're different tubes, but a lot of people swear they are. I think they might just be different specs with like different names. Like for example, sure. the 12AX7 and the ECC83 are the same tube. They're just different names for the same tube. Um it's from and again, like I said, like I've heard people swear up and down that the 6L6GC and the 5881 or the 5881 WXT or whatever are different tubes. I don't know if that's true some of the things I've read have basically said like, oh, it's the same as an elevator and a lift. It's going to – like <laughs> if, you're, if you're in the United States, you say 6L6GC. Right. If you're not in the United States, you say 5881. Whatever. I have no idea. I mean my, my theory on the whole thing is that you know I don't notice until something's wrong with my yeah. amp. Um, I don't know. If you care about this stuff, then you care about it. If you don't care about if you don't care about it, don't worry that you're missing something because you're probably not. If your amp stops working, take it to a tech and they'll right. they'll figure it out for you. And and one way maybe to look at it is because power tubes can last a really long time. Uh huh. Um, 
if you get new tubes, your amp shouldn't sound worse. No, it shouldn't. Like if it sounds worse, then something has gone very right. wrong. Um, if your tubes are genuinely old, then any new tube should sound better. Yeah. Unless your old tubes were like magical. Yeah. I have no idea. Who who knows, right? Yeah. Uh, it's you know maybe if we were having this episode with satellite amps right now they would school, that would be cool they would school us on this because I, I have a feeling I mean you know a lot of the the model numbers of tubes and stuff like that I neither of us really has a full no concept of of how or why these things do what they do I don't know the what nuances is, at all what is good or bad we just know what goes into what slots we under, we we look at them like light bulbs basically yeah. They're yeah. fancy light bulbs that are fancy in the back of your bulbs. back of your amplifier. Uh, so maybe someone can even write in and uh, give us, you know, a lesson. Yeah. Speaking of people writing in, apparently we've. Are, I, I want to address a couple of corrections that we have received <laughs> over the last few episodes. Okay, I didn't know we were um, going to do this, but yeah, go for it. Why not? Uh, so in a recent episode, we talked about. Spinal Tap and the dog show movie was called Best in Show. Right. And it starred Christopher Guest. Yes. Which I think we actually said that yeah. in the podcast. I mean, we just, I think not, neither of us were expecting to go down that road no. talking about that. And we were both, our listen, minds weren't in the right gear. Listen, we've, we've talked about this before. We don't prepare for this. No. Usually, like, if I have a heads up on what topic we're going to talk about, like, and by heads up, like, one day before, that's, that's like a... That's usually about all I get. Yeah. Um, and then the other one that I remember was in one episode, I referred to the blue overdrive slash boost <laughs> that everyone and their mom had on their board 10 years ago <laughs> as the full tone, full drive. Yeah. That was like four episodes ago. Yeah. Uh, and I wanted to mention it at the, at the time of receiving the correction. Um, or no, I refer, referred you to it as, the, it Keel- as, a, yeah. as the Keely full, full drive. When it's the full tone, full drive. Well, I think you were saying, like, what's that blue Keeley pedal that everyone has? Yeah. And I was looking at you like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I was like, is he talking about a Keeley modded blues driver? Right. Like, I don't know. And it was the full tone, full drive two yeah. that I was thinking of uh, that used to be the standard for boutique overdrives, but isn't anymore. No. I mean, this, that's a moving target. Yeah. And now back to our regularly scheduled podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have a we have one more uh, email from a listener for a topic for this episode. You want to read it, Steve? Yes, it says. Uh, Who's this from? This is from Jimmy Junior. Jimmy Junior. Oh, Jimmy Junior. <laughs> Jimmy Junior. No. Yeah. Uh, so he says. So I tend to be more of the boutique side of things, but one of the things I really enjoy is that you guys approach gear differently than I do, and it's had me thinking. I've looked and pondered about getting something like a built Volair, which is a Starcaster clone, uh, or a Paul Roney Starblaster, which is a Starcaster semi-hollow. Paul Roney listens to, or, or at least he's in the group now. No way. I don't know who he is. Yeah, well, he's uh, building guitars. But apparently he's building guitars. I like that. Uh, so that's cool. Um, but he says, but now I'm thinking about going after used in my J Starcaster issue and modding it out, improving it myself. Uh, since I've always paid to have work done, I think this could be a lot of fun to do it myself. What's your advice for a recovering boutique snob first starting out in your world? Didn't Jimmy just get a new guitar? Yeah, I think he just got a cower, like a th- which was like two or three grand. Jimmy, what's up with your gas, man? <laughs> your gear acquisition syndrome is out of control. You just got a new guitar, and now you're talking about getting some kind of star player? I mean... Yeah. I, I guess I can relate, but, you know, slow it down a little bit, man. Put some, <laughs> mu- put some money in a, in, a, in, a mutual fund. in a mutual fund or something like that. Sit on it a little bit. Enjoy your new guitar. But let's face it. You're going to want something new eventually. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be back to, uh, you're going to be back to the old guitar shop looking around again. Yeah. I still haven't sat down with the new, uh, star Starcaster reissues, which has bummed me out because I, I'm actually really excited that Fender has reissued the Starcaster. Uh-huh. Um, and I was and at the g- other one, the Coronado, the Coronado, yeah. which, uh, the Coronado, I could, I don't really care about as sure. much. Um, the Coronado just looks like a, Fender trying to copy the ES-335 
Yeah, uh, well, or, I mean, like, or like a, basically what or it like was. a gr- was it Guild or the Guild uh, Starfire or whatever. Yeah, um, it was him chasing a fad in the seventies. Yeah, well, so was the Starcaster. But, sure, but the Starcaster being like an offset semi hollow, I feel like is like a really it's a very Fender thing. Oh yeah, definitely. I love the headstocks on those. Guys oh yeah, too. yeah, they're great. Um, it to me it sounds like he really wants a Starcaster, a Star Player. What is it? What is it? The star player is the Duesenberg. Is it? Yeah. That's oh, the okay. Duesenberg semi hollow. So is whatever. he saying that he wants a Starcaster? He wants a Starcaster. Oh, okay. Okay. It sounds like he really wants that that body style. Yeah. I don't know what the price difference is between the boutique options and the Fender option. Well, the I Fender po- one's like 800 bucks. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's going to be a lot cheaper. Yeah, I don't know what a built costs, but I. They're expensive. Yeah. I mean, they're going to be your standard boutique kind of two grand and up kind of price. Sure. Uh, but they look great. They're great oh, looking yeah. guitars. Yeah. Uh, and they do a lot of really neat options on those built oh, guitars. Oh, you know what? I didn't finish reading this. He says, things I'm looking at modding. Uh, neck finish is too thick slash sticky feeling. Uh-huh. Pickups slash wiring, bridge, etc. Frets won't cut you, but not as nice as I'd like. Um, so, yeah. So, really, the uh, the thing with this is I think... My advice for a recovering boutique snob to start out in our world is learn as much as you can about building and modding guitars. Sure. Well, here's what I would say. I would not go out and buy a brand new Fender Star Player and experiment modding it. Right. I would go and get a... If, watch your local Craigslist or eBay. Go and get yourself a Mexican Fender Strat or Telecaster... And use that as your guinea pig. Uh, get one that's got a similar finish on the neck and experiment around with thinning it out with sandpaper. Uh, experiment on the wiring. You know, get in there, really dig at the guts of it. Yeah. Uh, get some fret files and mess around with redoing the fret edges because that sounds like it's important to you. It's important to me yeah, too. It might, you know, it might be better even to do because I have a feeling the Starcaster uh, neck finish. Might be more similar to, um, like a Gibson style finish. So even like an Epi- like a cheap Epiphone, sure. like an Epiphone Les Paul standard. Get yourself something with a thick, yeah. thick neck poly finish. And a lot of the the Fender Mexican, like they've been going thinner on the finish, so it's not quite uh-huh. as sticky. I mean, you can uh, probably even pick up a Squire uh, Classic Vibe and and do the same sort of stuff because they, yeah, they those put the, are already built better than the MIA yeah. so there's nothing to mod they put uh, <laughs> they put that thick finish on some of those necks um, yeah definitely but what I'm saying is is don't go out and experiment and try to get into the modding thing by yourself the first time on a guitar that sounds like it's kind of a dream guitar for you get yourself a mutt get something yourself something cheap and experiment on it. That's how Steve and I have both gotten into doing our own mods. Yeah. Is we started out with really cheap instruments and have done everything we can to make them play as best as possible. Don't start out with something that's already in the upper mid range or lower high end and try to make it better. Uh, you really don't want to learn uh, your hard lessons on sure on a guitar that you might actually care about or might want to resale someday. Uh, that's that's my big thing. Uh, that's my big advice. Yeah. Other you, than that, you just got to try stuff, man. Yeah, you can really uh, go kind of crazy buying uh, different parts. Uh, Stumac is all about like Stumac. I don't know if there's a better source for tools. Uh, at least a better like generally available source for tools. But Stumac has all your fret files and uh-huh. that kind of stuff for doing the fret edging. As far as other things that you could mod on a Starcaster type, which I believe just has the Tom. Does that have a Tom? Is there a Tom in a tailpiece? Uh, I think so. I probably should have researched this question. I think the new ones are just a standard uh, Tunomatic style bridge. The vintage ones had its own kind of hardware. Right. Uh, and they had their own kind of tremolo. And I think the new ones just have a Bigsby on them. Sure. But yeah, there's a lot of different mods you can do to the stock hardware. Um, I, you know, my whole thing is when I mod a guitar, I like to go crazy. I like to yeah. put stuff in there that's not supposed to be there, or I like to do stuff that is going to hyper like enhance the performance. Like right. on my strat that I do all my heavy diving on, like I've got all graph tech stuff. Uh, right. I do a lot of you know 
you know, special attention to how the springs are set up and everything like that. And I spent a lot of time adjusting my own truss rods and stuff. You should, you should really be learning how to do all this stuff, you know, yeah. how to learn how to adjust every single thing on your guitar. Yeah. That, that's the biggest thing now, you know, with, again, with something like a Starcaster or Starcaster clone, um, any kind of like set net clone, like you're, these guys are probably building from, uh, from like scratch. Sure. In a lot of cases. Oh, yeah. But a lot of your, a lot of these like boutique, like if you're buying a boutique strat or a boutique yeah. telecaster, you may or may not like the thing that you might, might be, be buying a kit. Guitar. It might be a kit. It might not. I mean, it depends. Some guys are building their own bodies. Uh-huh. Some guys aren't. Well, to me, the um, neck is the important part. I could yeah, care, I could care less if someone is building their own strap body or Telecaster body. Uh, I don't want to buy a fancied up kit neck from sure. some guy who who went in and he did the fret polishing and and finished and everything. If I'm gonna buy, if I'm gonna spend thousands of dollars on a guitar, I want to make sure that those guys built the neck. Right, and, and ultimately, like that's that's where I'm going is like. The different, I don't want to say the difference between like a boutique guy and like a, just a regular shop, like a sure vendor mainline stuff. Um, because it's a, I don't want to belittle the skill set because luthiery is a very, very like specific skill oh, set. Yeah. It's something that takes a long time to develop and people go to school for this sort of thing. I think thing. the R is silent. This, I heard someone say it the other day. It's a, it's a French word. What, luthier? How, luthier. I've never heard that. I think it's just an American thing that we say luthier. Oh, it's like an ignorant guitar thing. I have no idea. I think it's luthier. I don't know. Well, freedom prize. <laughs> um, but uh, luthier could be super wrong. I never took. I didn't take French in high school. I. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Um. Maybe. Whatever it is. Um, <laughs> A lot of the techniques for like making a cheap guitar super playable um, or like learning how to upgrade parts is just um, finding like finding out how to do it. Uh-huh. Now, with something like the an MIJ Starcaster, I would actually expect a lot of the components to be maybe not like the highest high end. I mean, you know, if you're They're gonna be decent. Yeah, if you There's wanna go like full blown like whatever, I don't know in the case of like a Tom, like what the high end stuff high end bridge I mean, looks you could like. Get or whatever. into some kind of roller bridge if you've got a tremolo on there. Right. Or you could get into some kind of you could like reverse engineer like a Jaguar trim on there so you have a rocking trim. Right. Um I mean there's a lot of different options well, you I, could I'm do. I'm just even thinking of like the you know like for strat bridges, like if I, you want to replace a strat trim, like okay, you've got options. Like, oh, am I going to go Super V? Sure. Am I going to sure. go? Uh, am I going to go like Cal- a two point Wilkinson? Am, am or, I going to go yeah. Wilkinson? Like, you've got these different brands. So, um, and those are like all legit upgrades. I'm sure there's something that would be like a, a Starcaster upgrade equivalent. Sure. But on an Fender Mij, like I would already expect the quality to be fairly high. Yeah. With the pickup. Um, the pickups in that, I don't know if Fender is doing a true wide range pickup, um, in that, but as far as I know, there's only like a a handful of companies that are doing Fender wide range pickup clones Uh and they're like, they're like $150 a pickup right? or more. It's your target. You're into looking at like Seymour Duncan antiquity Uh or like some severe, like boutique pickup companies that do this that's if you want to stay like look correct then you have to go fender wide range um or like fender wide range style neck finish if the neck finish is too thick like that's i mean sandpaper to taste i guess but yeah uh i don't have any experience with sandpapering neck i've been told like i mean i would just you know what i've always heard is fine is get your get yourself some fine grit sandpaper Hold it in your hand and then just, you know, do it up and down the neck until you're happy without feels. Yeah. I mean, you could, if you're, if you're never happy though, you could get yourself in trouble eventually. Yeah. Cause eventually uh, you'll take so much wood away that 
It'll well, just, you know, and th- that's actually not be a neck anymore. That's actually kind of the struggle with the PV. Is there's a couple with the that PV generation I just got. Uh-huh. So there's a couple rough spots in the neck where I'm like, I need to sand this out. But then as I've played it, I'm like, I never actually touch any of those spots right. with my playing style. So while it annoys me to like hold the guitar, sure, and like to touch those spots, I'm like, do I really need to mess with this? Probably not. Answer is no. <laughs> uh, but it still like bugs me that the, you know that those spots even exist. Yeah. Um. So I feel like we've covered this pretty yeah, good. Yeah. Well, let's just say, uh, uh, Jimmy Junior. There's nothing wrong with spending big money on guitars either. Uh, it sounds like you're curious about the kind of world that we live in, and that's fine too. Go ahead and explore it. Uh, keep buying those expensive guitars though, and make sure when you're done to sell them to people like us, and we will buy them yeah. on the used market. And also, congratulations on being a 2014 FIFA World Cup official temporary power supplier. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is that part of the email? Yeah, it's in the signature. <laughs> Congratulations, Jimmy yeah. Jr. All right. Of uh, course, I don't know if that's a good thing because the power went out in the stadium today. So I have uh, no idea. Yeah. Well, not today, back on uh, last Thursday. Well, when we were recording this. Yeah. 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 Today's Monday, Steve. Unless Whatever. you're listening to this on a Tuesday. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> All right, we have a song to end the episode. It's by a guy named Nate. I don't know how to say his last name. Sihan? I don't know. I saw it and I couldn't Sihan? It's probably like Sihan. Uh, Nate Sihan. Uh, he sent us three songs. I listened to them all, and I'm picking the song Hot-Blooded. Uh, let me pull up his email and read what he said. He said a little thing about uh, about their recording process. Got to get to my email. Okay. Songs for you guys. Hope you guys like them. Not the best quality because this was all done in the living room. And we have no idea what we're doing. Ha ha. Hey, sounds like us. Yeah, and you can check. Uh, he sent a link to. It's beatsexybeat.com. So if you're curious to learn more about his music, you can go there and check it out. Uh, well, here it comes. This is the part where the music's going to start fading in, and okay. you're going to hear less and less of Steve and I. I know you're going to miss us. But Bye. We'll be back next week. Same uh, podcast time, same podcast channel.
Lazzaro, Lazzaro. 